Hey there, strategists. In this episode, I want to give you all the details on how to write your value proposition as soon as today. Uh, and the reason being is I know that these can feel really overwhelming because it's so easy to second guess every little thing. And, and for that reason, a lot of people don't start these or inevitably don't finish them when they do start them. But you can assemble all the parts to this and you can create a finished version of this ready for testing with your market as soon as today. This is The Simplogy Show with Bruce White, the podcast for business leaders and strategists to get the best practical advice on a deeper but more efficient approach to brand and business strategy right across a business's life cycle, because you can always add more value. Let's get into it. Now, I originally uh, discovered this format in a book called Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore, uh, but it, it's been used and it's been modified dozens of times for, for value propositions and even, even things like positioning statements by different people that I've run into over the years. Uh, and the reason I wanted to do this episode today is because I have just had a longtime member of our strategy training programs join our new uh, community, simplegcollective.com. Uh, and one of the first things that he said to me when I welcomed him into, into the community was uh, that our value proposition had been integral in how they communicate their value with customers and how they keep their customers' end goals in mind. Uh, and that's it's, that resonated with me so deeply, not just because it was something that uh, obviously they'd gotten value out of out of a, a value proposition development uh, program that we'd given them. That's fantastic, obviously. I love, everybody loves to hear that what they're doing is making a difference. But more to the point that he really nailed the fact that it helps them not just communicate with their customers, but more to the point, keep their customers' end goals in mind. And that is massive. If every business could just focus on doing that one thing, business in general would be infinitely more valuable to everyone who's doing business with those businesses, right? So here's how the value proposition statement looks and sounds. I've just put it in a little text document on my screen here. If you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, there uh, you can watch this on video in uh, in our community platform. It is free, simplegcollective.com, or I'm about to read it out so you can just listen along. So the construction is, for target who statement of need or opportunity name is product category that statement of benefit and don't worry i'm going to go into detail on every single one of those elements here i just wanted to read it out so you know what we're looking at so typically when we lead a client through this it's going to be later in the process, right? This is not something that we just jump straight into immediately on our first discussion with a client. So there will be certain elements that we've already gone over with the client and that we've usually developed with them, uh, unless in the very rare occasion they've come to us with an existing brand in place uh, that's had the kind of strategic development required to, to create all of this understanding, right? So they're usually going to have brand values already in place. They're usually going to have their brand personality understood, uh, their ideal client definitions, their target market, their target audience, all of those sort of things they will usually have in place before commencing or attempting one of these. If you don't have those done, don't worry. This is absolutely still worth the exercise because this is going to tell you where your own brand knowledge, where your own understanding of your, of your brand is lacking, whether that be externally in your target audience or market, or whether it be internally in your beliefs, in the value you deliver, etc. Okay, so this is still a very valuable uh, exercise to go through. And if you're doing this for a client, 
This can actually be an amazing way to start the roadmap of what is required in your strategic work with that client because working through this with them is going to really uncover all of those gaps, all of those holes that you will then need to help them to fill. Okay, so from start to finish, here's how it works target. So remember it reads for target, your who statement of, of need or opportunity. So target, this is going to be the ideal client. Now, we like to include as many descriptors as necessary here to make sure that the target absolutely recognizes themselves. But no more, you can go overboard here. Essentially, this needs to act as one of those dog whistle copy elements where the, the target market instantly recognizes themselves which tells them that what is to follow will be valuable to them. But equally important in our, in our uh, drowning in unsolicited pitches world that we live in today, this helps the people who aren't the target read that doc whistle copy and go, well, this isn't for me, and they can move on, right? Now, I know the first thing that goes through most people's minds is, well, what if I lose a client? If they're not your target, you didn't lose a client, you dodged a bullet because they would have been a nightmare to work with because you don't deliver your 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 services, your true value to that exact target, okay? It's a whole different conversation about niching and specializing there, but uh, just to stick to this point, the target here is as many descriptors as necessary to make sure that your specific target audience recognize themselves but no more, okay? So imagine yours includes something like um, high-income couples or families, right? So it would read for high-income couples or families, and then who, statement of need, etc. okay? So in, in, this, in this case, you might also have something like a local market business. So let's imagine we're talking with a construction company who deals in a, a specific city, you can include things like the descriptors there around the location, okay? So it would be uh, for New York City-based high-income families, for example, okay? This is going to depend, though, on the rest of your descriptors because that can, as you can, I'm sure you can understand, that can really quickly get very wordy. So you can move that location to the product category instead, which is coming up later on in the in the uh, the value proposition statement construction. Okay, so if you write that out for New York City-based high-income families, and you feel like you know what, that's just a little bit too much of a mouthful. Uh, that specific example is not, but let's imagine you came up with just a little bit too much of a mouthful. Pull the location out. Pull that descriptor out. We can put it back in the product category later on. It'll serve the exact same purpose, but it won't make people freak out when they're reading this highly, highly specific intro before we've ever offered them any value in this value proposition. Okay. Next up is the statement of need or opportunity. So your customer's needs are going to be the, the compelling reason to use your solution or to do business with you, right? So we want to really highlight what the solution offers that is going to motivate or is going to absolutely interest the audience who is reading this. Remember, we've just divided the eyeballs. We took the people who this isn't right for and we pushed them away with that dog whistle copy in the for target, but we also attracted the people who it is for through that same dog whistle copy. This is now the must-have outcome of value that you can offer to that target, right? Uh, and we want to say to ourselves at this point, is this really a hole in the head? Okay. So for example, uh, let's imagine you're a software as a service and you are helping people get uh, um, uh, get better value out of their social media. So the, the statement of need or opportunity could be uh, for target who uh, struggle to find return on their investment in social media. Okay. 
That's, that's just basically a big hole in the head. What's happening? Something's going wrong. They're not getting any ROI on their social media. You can break that down further and you can understand that they're putting all this time in, they're doing all this research, they're reading endless blogs, etc., etc. But the big hole in the head is that they're not getting an ROI on their social media. Uh, another way to frame this could be a combination of environment, activity, and pressure. Okay, So it could be, let's imagine the target was uh, a content creator. So for content creators with aggressive publishing schedules and high standards, okay? So that's not a big hole in the head. That's something that they need to get done. Aggressive publishing standards, okay? Excuse me, aggressive public, uh, publishing schedules, okay? So that's an activity. That's something they need to get done. But it's also got pressure because they have high standards. We've all read all the junk blog posts out there, the stuff that's produced by ripping off someone else's and, and running it through a piece of software that changes certain words and ends up producing something that's barely even legible, right? If you've got high standards, then that's not the sort of junk that you're producing. Those high standards are creating pressure on you. So if you've written for target correctly, if you've written that dog whistle target copy in such a way that they say, yes, that is me, and then you say, with aggressive publishing schedules and high standards, now you're illustrating that you understand the pressure they're under. You're building that empathy in, in as few as 10 words. You're beginning to empathize with your prospect here, okay? If you've already done some work on your user profiles, going back to what I said earlier, whereby when we do this with a client, typically we're a fair way into the process. If you've already done that work on your user profiles, that's where you're gonna start. You're gonna have a look for your user goals and then retrace them to the underlying need. Um, if you haven't done that, then obviously this is one of those holes that is going to present itself when you're writing this, that you will now know what you need to do next is go off and do your, uh, your first of all, your market research and then creating your user profiles out of that. Okay, What you should end up with here will be a, a, a mini statement that addresses the customer's need best whilst remaining 100% relevant to your solution. One or the other won't work, okay? Even if one element is really, really strong, if it's missing relevance, or if it doesn't fully address the customer's need, it will fail, okay? So that's the first line. If I come back over here onto the screen, or if I read this out for those of you listening, for target, who, statement of need or opportunity, that's the first line up until the comma. Next up is name, okay? This is where we're going to introduce the solution. And normally this is just gonna be your brand name, right? With certain caveats. So if you've got a single flagship service, right? Let's imagine that you're, um, uh, this is probably not a great example, but MailChimp. MailChimp has a service called MailChimp, right? You could refer to it, let's, let's imagine it was called The Mailing House, but their service, their single flagship, flagship service was called MailChimp. Well, that's the name you would use here. You wouldn't use The Mailing House. You would say MailChimp is the product category, that statement of benefit, okay? Uh, now, this has to have been branded, uh, and this has to be uh, the product or the productized service that is your flagship or that this value statement value proposition is promoting okay you're not just going to put a one of your one of your products in here if it's not relevant remember going back to that relevance 
this, this is the single flagship service that provides the value to your market. And then again, ideally it's been branded, it's a, it's a product or it's a productized service. So it has a name, it has an identity of its own, okay? If not, then you just use the brand name. You use your company brand name here, okay? But if you can use the name of the product or productized service in place of the company's brand name here, you will bring more power to this value proposition as long as that's what this value proposition statement is talking about, okay? As an example, for creative professionals who have aggressive growth plans, a brand sprint is da 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 da, right? Instead of uh, for creative professionals who have aggressive growth plans, company A offers a strategy service that blah, 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 right? Okay, the brand sprint, because it is a branded product, it is a productized service with a name, that's what you would use here. The name is gonna be one of the others, either your brand name or it's the name of the product or productized service, okay? Next up is product category. So again, we're on the second line. Name is product category, that statement of benefit. So product category, uh, most often, this is simply gonna be what you do, okay? So for example, is the home remodeling partner or is the web design company or you know whatever. Whatever you do, that's your product category. Uh, again, this can also be a productized service that serves a very specific need, okay? So in the, going back to the, the idea of the brand sprint, a brand sprint, is the brand strategy program, okay? That's what it is, that's its product category. Uh, next up is the statement of benefit. So this is often gonna take a couple of passes. I would highly recommend that you just let this happen. But before we get there, this is gonna require a list of relevant and valuable benefits that your brand, your product, or your service provides to your audience, okay? I'm gonna give you a way to do this in case you don't already have this prepared. So again, looking over here on the screen, and for those of you who are listening, I'm gonna put this in the downloads below. It's a worksheet that I've put together just for this episode. Uh, it's free, there's no sign-in, there's no opt-in or anything like that. You can just click it and download it, have at it with my compliments. So basically what we've got here is an eight and a half by 11 sheet divided down the middle into two columns. On the left side, we're gonna write out all the features of our product or service. Again, we only need this, by the way. You only need to do this if you don't already have all of your benefits done. Uh, again, if we were doing this with a client, we've already done all that work. Uh, if you're doing this as a part of our uh, strategy development training programs, you will know that it's already done. This is for if you get to this point and you haven't done this, but you really wanna do this value proposition. Let's say that you've launched your new business and you're really having trouble communicating your value you're really having trouble maybe getting across to clients that it's not about the deliverable, it's about the thinking or whatever, this is where you can do this and just sort of, I won't say it's quick and dirty, it's not, this is a this is an in-depth exercise, but obviously it's gonna be lacking some of that context uh, versus when you build this through a brand development process, okay? So, left-hand side of the screen, features. Now, when you're doing this, one thing that I'll say that we always have great results with is Try not to ignore things that you perceive as negative, okay? Because things like, let's say complexity. Um, any of you who've, who've done any work with me or who know my, my stuff, I'm all about simplification. Uh, complexity to me is a negative. But even complexity can have a tremendous value in the right context. For example, if you were to go through some of our strategy training programs, you would realize how in-depth they are. One could say they're complex. I cover everything. I even give you the word-for-word -word scripts that you can read from the presenter's notes in your slides 
in front of your client whilst you're doing your first sprint to get you comfortable doing it. They are as in-depth as you could possibly get. One could argue that that is complex, but I've just illustrated that that is also a benefit, okay? So when you're doing these features, don't panic if you think, oh, that sounds negative. Don't leave it off, put it on there because there is an opportunity to turn those into a positive. Next, you're gonna see, uh, if you're looking at the screen, uh, there is a, a another channel here with the letter U at the top. Uh, and if not, then I've just described to you that there is another channel there with the letter U to the right of the features list. Uh, you just basically wanna, once you've written out all your features, take a second pass through this and identify the ones that are unique to you and just mark those either with the letter U or put a check mark in that column or whatever in the, in the event that you're using our benefits worksheet. Again, I'll put that below here. It's free, there's no opt-in, nothing, you just download it. Uh, next, on the right-hand side of the page, we're going to write out all of the corresponding benefits, okay? The easiest way to create a benefit from a feature to connect those dots is to say, so you can, okay? Followed by a phrase that is relevant to your prospect, obviously. For example, let's imagine the feature is an integration between a time tracking software, we used to use Harvest when we track time, uh, and a billing solution like QuickBooks, okay? So your sentence might read, instant integration between Harvest and QuickBooks, that's the feature, so you can, this is gonna lead us into the benefit, automatically bill for your time, that's the benefit. Does anyone want an instant integration between Harvest and QuickBooks? Nope. Do they wanna automatically bill for their time? Absolutely. So you can see which one of these you're gonna use when you start getting into your copywriting. For right now though, we just wanna take all of the features that we've just uncovered about our solution, our product or our service, and we want to develop the benefits using that so you can, okay? Uh, we could take that previous one one step further and say, so you can get paid for every minute, right? Yes, you want to automatically bill for your time. That's cool. But what's the point of that? You want to get paid for every minute. So you just keep on with the so you cans until you get to the benefit that you feel is the strongest and the most relevant to both your client's needs and your solution, okay? Once you've done that, once you've done all, all of the so you cans, once you've added a benefit to each and every feature, focusing on the ones that you marked as unique, you then want to go back through, and then in the last column here, you can see if you're looking at the screen, it says HML at the top. Uh, if you're not looking at the screen, there is another column to the right of the benefits column that says HML at the top. Rank them based on priority, high, medium, or low. Now, when you're doing this, it can be very, very easy to slide into thinking of yourself or thinking of, of your company or your brand or your product. This high, medium or low priority is the priority to the customer, not to you, okay? So go through and mark each and every one of these benefits with a HMRL based upon the priority to the customer. And then finally, just ask yourself, which of the unique benefits that you've just uncovered through this worksheet, which of these represents the most powerful and the most relevant need of your customers. So let's imagine uh, translates engagement metrics into actionable revenue metrics, okay? It's great to have engagement metrics. It's great to say my social media is doing awesome. I've got all these likes. But if I don't link that up to what's happening with my revenue as a result of that, it is kind of pointless, okay? So that to me is a really good benefit. And if I were building a product that did that, that's a benefit I would definitely lean on, okay? This doesn't need 
to be pithy or short. You don't need to reduce this down to the sexiest sounding, uh, lowest word count sentence you can possibly make. It needs to communicate the reality of the benefit to your prospect, okay? So another example, helps teams build on each other's ideas to produce incredible articles, blog posts, and eBooks, okay? You could probably shorten that down to say content, but that's gonna be less powerful to the person reading this. If you've illustrated at the start for target, for content creators, they know they're creating content, but maybe they're creating different types of content than what your solution can offer them the, the, this help with. Well, we wanna illustrate what you can do, okay? The last thing we want them doing is signing up and then realizing it doesn't do what, you, what they thought it was gonna do because you know what happens then? Instant refund, bad taste in the mouth, okay? So this is your opportunity to really stretch your explanation legs uh, and put that into, into, don't worry about making it short, put that into the most descriptive way possible. Uh, don't forget to think about things like timeframes uh, or how your product or service is made if they represent a genuine benefit to the end user, okay? Uh, again, coming back to our example, if you're looking at strategy sprints, if you're offering strategy sprints to your clients, uh, then yours might sound like uh, helps you challenge your category and claim a new defensible position in just three days, okay? The just three days is, is a huge benefit because most people are used to the typical branding engagement, which just takes months and months and months and is designed purely to add billable hours to the bottom line of the agency versus being a benefit to the client. Uh, businesses don't have that amount of time anymore, even if they did have the 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 you know, throw away cash for an agency that still works on that billable hours model, they don't have the time to wait months and months to build their brand. This is something that it is a massive benefit to be able to say to someone, we can do this for you in just three days. I need three, five or seven members of your team, book in now, let's get into this, right? So that is a massive benefit. A um, Couple of other considerations. This statement of benefit needs to address how your brand, product or service meets the statement of need of your customers, okay? So we already wrote that statement of need earlier. This can't be something that's just completely random out of left field, something totally different. It needs to address how your brand, product or service meets that statement of need for the customer. So the statement should be specific and it should be factual. So we wanna avoid descriptors like best, reliable, high quality, all of that sort of junk, right? The focus should be on the single most valuable benefit, not a list, the single biggest deal. The, the aha moment, the yes, that's what I need. Not overwhelmed with a whole list of junk, right? So once you've put all of those bits together, and again, if you don't have all of the bits together yet, that's fine, you've got the worksheet there you can download to do your benefits. Some other stuff you might need to put a little bit of extra work in with, with regard to identifying your target market and audience and really understanding what it is that you can offer them of value. But if you have all those, once you've got all those bits, you just need to assemble this in that, in that structure that we went through right back at the very start, okay? And the reason that this is gonna work is that the structure is ordered by priority, okay? So we start with the target customer. Again, this is a dog whistle. This not only attracts those who we're speaking to, it repels those who we're not. This for target does a massive amount of the heavy lifting of this statement of value or this value proposition. Uh, and it's only that first little block, okay? Then the need statement and then so on because each section is gonna build on the section before it, okay? Once you've written this out, once you've got a working version, you just wanna go through, go through and make sure that they fit the formula. Obviously it must be complete. 
but it also needs to sound good, okay? So this is the first moment that we're gonna actually think about how it sounds. Up until now, it's just construction. It's just identifying the elements, putting them in place. So now we wanna ask ourselves, are we happy with the target as, it, as it's written? Is it, does it work as a dog whistle copy? Will it work to attract only our specific niche? And will it repel those who we're not right for? Uh, and we know who we're not right for based upon previous experiences, right? The people who were the hardest to work with have certain characteristics. We identify those characteristics and those become who we're not right for, or who's not right for us, right? Uh, are you happy with the name of the product, the brand, or the service? So again, if you don't have a productized service that has been branded, now's your chance. Are you happy with that name? Is it Does it describe enough? Is it, is it impactful enough? Um, does your product category sufficiently explain what you do? Does it cover everything, right? So you just want to edit those if you need to. For the, for the most part, those are going to be mostly complete at this point. Uh, and then you want to say, does the statement of need sufficiently cover the value you can offer? And does the statement of benefit sufficiently cover the value that you can offer? Okay, and remember those need to speak to each other. If it still feels clunky, then obviously there's there's always an opportunity to wordsmith these things. At that point, you might need to bring in a writer. You might need to talk to a friend who's really good with language. You might just need to sit down and read a book for a weekend, get your mind thinking in the way things are correctly written, and then have another crack at it, right? So once you've got all that done, what do you do with it? Well, first of all, if you're getting really good results from your messaging and your market already knows what you're all about, then you can take this and you can tweak it into things like headlines and subheads in various different formats to be sprinkled throughout things like uh, sales pages, obviously, because these we're speaking about value here, right? But if either of those things are not happening, if, you, if your market doesn't already understand the value that you can offer, uh, and if you're not already getting good results from your messaging, then first of all, you just wanna test the formula exactly as it is, right? I know it can sound a little clunky, it can sound a little long, but it leaves nothing to the imagination. And that is much more important than anything else if your market isn't certain of your value, right? This is not about being flowery and pretty in our language if the market doesn't know what you can do for them. This is about getting into the market's head with a very, very clear and complete description of what you can do for them, okay? With one caveat, and you, you probably know this already. If you've recently changed anything else on your, on your website, or you've recently changed anything else in your messaging, don't use this yet, don't change this yet. You can absolutely work on it, but don't change anything else yet. It is too soon. You need to test and monitor the results that you're getting based on the change you just made. That's why you only ever make one major change at a time. Otherwise, how do you know which one worked, right? If you have, however, if you've already tested all the other stuff you were testing, or if you haven't made any recent updates to either your website or your messaging or anything, a, B test this, okay? You can get all sorts of, depending on what, what you're using for your web platform, you can get all sorts of A, B testing um, plugins, etc., for WordPress or uh, we're on a platform called Kartra that allows us to A, B test whatever, like any page, any part of our funnels, anything. Uh, find yourself a product that works for A, B testing and then test everything against a control, okay? So your existing homepage or your existing messaging or your existing sales pages, they're all getting you certain results. The only reason to change those 
would be to improve those results. So you wouldn't just make a big change and then sit and go, all right, let's hope for the best. You do the A-B test and then you can actually, once you've given it enough traffic, it's not really a time thing, it's enough traffic, you can very clearly see which one's working better and then you can make different changes to improve or you can make a decision that that's as good as it's gonna get, okay? So I hope that's been helpful. I know that's a little bit of a longer one than normal today, but I really wanted to go into the nitty gritty of how to write one of these. I will, I will put the, um, uh, the benefits worksheet that I showed you through in the download below this. Again, it's free. There's no need to opt in or anything like that. You can just grab it, take it and go with my, with my, uh, with my compliments. Um, and again, the, uh, the value proposition, um, the way this statement is written is for target whose statement of need or opportunity name is product category, that statement of benefit. Okay, I'll put that in the notes below as well so you can have a copy of that. You can just put it on a, a text pad or something in front of you while you're working on this. And then, as I said, just attack these one element at a time. Okay, so that's it for this one. Uh, I really hope you get some value from that. Please leave me a comment if you've got any questions. Uh, come and see me in uh, simplegcollective.com. That's our free community uh, where you can join the conversation. You can give help, you can get help, you can gain confidence and help activate that strategic brain. I'm in there all the time. I love to communicate. Uh, I love to uh, uh, chat in the private chat or even make comments on any of these things. I will put this in as a, as, as a written blog post in the Simplogy Collective as well in case you want to come and read through this. Uh, other than that, that's it for me for today and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. This is The Simplogy Show with Bruce White, the podcast for business leaders and strategists to get the best practical advice on a deeper but more efficient approach to brand and business strategy right across a business's life cycle because you can always add more value.